Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dorsey Wright podcast for Wednesday, July 15th. I'm Jay Greg Nanning here joining me this week is Ian Saunders. And, um, you know, we're, we were just sitting here talking to Ian before we uh, hit the record button. And it's hard to believe that as we're sitting here, July 15th, which uh, July 15th is, is uh, federal tax day for everybody this year. If you haven't filed your taxes, uh, you had until today, February, uh, excuse me, July 15th. February 15th, man, that seems so long ago. Um, July 15th, and you know, the summer by by the historical months, June, July, and August, we're basically at the halfway point in the summer months uh, here, right, right smack dab in the middle of July. And you know, there's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of news that is coming out every single day. A lot of news um, around the economy reopening around economies slowing reopening, uh, what's going to happen with schools, school systems around the country, and, and just a lot, I think, of uncertainty that continues to surround uh, the state of, of the economy, the opening up of the economy, um, as well as the general um, process around COVID-19. And, and so one of the big news items there that came out last night uh, on Tuesday evening on, on the 14th was some positive news, you know, it, it, it was news that, you know, certainly positive news that some of the initial trials for Moderna um, vaccine on COVID-19 are showing some positive signs. So, you know, that that is certainly a very positive sign out there in the marketplace, a positive sign for uh, a potential vaccine that might become uh, there. That doesn't mean that it's, you know, signed, sealed and delivered, but certainly things appear to be moving in the, in the right direction. And as you know, you look at the, the chart of Moderna here today, uh, the news overnight and, and uh, pre-market this morning uh, took that stock all the way up to $88, hitting new all-time highs, um, surpassing the surge that it saw earlier this year back uh, back during the May time period, uh, briefly eclipsing that. It has backed off a bit uh, as the market has a little bit so far today coming in. Um, where the futures were up big today, um, and and you look at the, the chart of the S and P 500, and you know what we we see that index, uh, the, the overall S and P 500, um, continues to to trend upwards, um, but certainly has seen um, and 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 is is testing uh, a pretty notable support level that that we've seen test here over the past few weeks. Absolutely, there, Jay, and, and like you said, I mean, with coming in here today, seeing some a little bit of back and forth movement, especially intraday over the past few days here, as we're we're coming in here to the halfway point of the summer, like you said. Um, but coming in here today with that positive news, looking at uh, pretty much every every S and P 500 uh, individual sector is, is in the in the black on the day, at least thus far, with with trading at the time of this recording, um, which has led the broader S and P 500 index on that 20 point chart that we have tended to look at over the past several weeks. Um, to reverse back up into a column of X's after reversing down there yesterday, um, reversing back up, matching that that near-term high that was reached in, in earlier in June and then reached earlier this month and now back up at that 32.20 point, forming that spread triple top formation there. Um, so movement to 32.40 would lead to a, 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 a third consecutive uh, buy signal here in the chart. I'm actually breaking it through and that a, a spread triple top break there. Um, and also this, this movement that we've seen over the past, uh, the past week or two here is movement kind of back and forth has led to some near-term support levels being added on this 20-point chart that we've been following. Um, with the reversal down yesterday, we now have uh, the near-term support offered there at 3140, and then further support just beneath that there at 3120. And then the support that we have 
been looking at for the past several weeks down around the 3000 level at, uh, at 3000 and then right beneath it there 2980. So um, the, I guess one of the beneficiaries there of the increased volatility is the increased support levels that we're getting here on the charts. And so continuing to see, I mean, multiple consecutive buy signals forming another um, another top formation, spread triple top formation there is, is um, certainly, I guess, a positive sign for the broader domestic equity space as we look to continue down the second half of the year here, Jeff. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, you, you certainly have seen, while it might not show up on something like the VIX, I mean, we've seen a ton of an intraday volatility in the market especially this week with you know seeing big swings um intraday um up and down and so you know we were sitting here at, at you know 130 eastern um recording this and the s p 500 is around 3224 right now uh got up as high as 3238 earlier today and, and so very close to actually breaking that spread triple top of 3240. um so that that you know certainly something to watch um, um, from there, if we get through that, then not much overhead resistance until the February peak back at uh, 3380. But but you're right, it has developed some um, some near-term support uh, much much closer as a result of some of the volatility um, that has taken place. Um, you know, and, and Yolanda, we mentioned you know the news out of Moderna. There's you know certainly a lot of earnings that have um, kicked off this week. Some financial companies starting off earnings. Um, getting some some uh, earnings coming out of some big tech names here in, in the coming weeks. And that's really been the big story of the S&P 500 this year is the strength uh, uh, within big technology. Um, seeing a lot of those names move to new all-time highs, seeing a lot of those stocks really carrying the weight of the S&P 500, uh, as, as well as healthcare. You know, those two sectors um, make up a, a big chunk of the movement of the S&P 500, technology being the largest um, at you know just just under 30% of the S&P 500, uh, healthcare is it makes up another uh, another another big chunk of that as well. But those have really been the two sectors that have driven um, the S&P 500. Really, the two sectors that have have been in the spotlight here over the course of the past um, you know really few months throughout this uh, volatility in the market. You know, dating back to mid February, mid to late February, um, when when we were at all time highs before the subsequent sell off. Um, but you know, it's interesting as you kind of look underneath the surface, there's been some interesting developments um, taking shape um, from some home builders. And, you know, you look at, at a number of home builders out there, this one, you know, uh, DR Horton, DHI is the ticker symbol. So, you know, moved back into a positive trend in April, uh, went through a period of consolidation recently and just broke out, um, you know, similar in, in scope to what the S&P 500 chart looks like, but completed a spread triple top breakout to the upside at $60 and is really close to now those all-time highs or got close to the all-time highs um, at 62. Um, you know, that's it's not just isolated there. You look at that's DR Horton. Uh, Lennar is another one. LEN uh, is another one that just, um, you know, completed um, another breakout there, reversing up to make a higher bottom today, uh, breaking out, moving up to 68. And, you know, again, coming close to those February peaks back at $71. So some very um, positive developments out of the building space um, after moving back into positive trends earlier in the year, uh, going through a period of consolidation uh, pretty much for, for much of June and, and, and early part of July, um, now breaking out to the upside, you know, both S&P 500 names. Um, but those are, you know, certainly a couple of names that the building um, sector at large is, is a sector that continues to be strong. 
Uh, it's a favored sector when you look at the DWA um, building sector is, is considered a favored sector right now. And there's a num number of names um, in the building space that, that, look, um, that look good, like these breakouts on Lamar uh, and D.H. Horton, excuse me. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned as well, I mean, this, this part of this movement we've seen is back and forth movement over the last few days leading to these, these buy signals being, uh, being given here in some of these home building names. And we, we've seen that in some other name, names across the board as well, both within the S&P 500 and then names a little bit outside of the S&P 500, maybe getting outside of that, that large cap focus that has been the theme uh, for, for throughout much of this market rally that we've seen. Um, looking at charts that might look similar to those with the reversals down and then subsequent reversals back up with a positive movement today, um, seeing a lot of increased participation across most of our bullish percent um, indicators that we're tracking here on the platform. Um, looking at the big bellwether, the BP and YSE, um, we can see that that, that uh, chart is, is showing an intraday advance of, of almost 5.5% uh, to put it at an intraday calculation of 56 um, so not quite enough to get that to reverse back up into a column of X's, which would occur at 58%. Um, but it's certainly heading in that direction, at least with trading at the time of this recording here. Um, a couple other areas, though, are showing enough movement to, to con either continue higher there on the chart or reverse back up into X's. Um, the S&P 500, and given the focus there that we've had, that's a chart that we did see reverse back up into a column of X's earlier this month and a chart level of 56, and it's, it's advancing over 8% intraday um, as of now to, to put it up at a chart level of around 64%. Um, but then looking at some of the other areas outside of the large cap, looking at mid caps and small caps, both of those, uh, the bullish percent for the S&P mid cap 400, as well as the bullish percent for the small cap 600, um, have remained in a column of those, didn't follow the, the S&P 500 back up in axis there. Um, but, but we are seeing those posting significant gains with movement at the time of this recording today um, to causing the S&P mid-cap 400 bullish percent to reverse back up into X's from 48% all the way up to 58% that, that we're looking at here now. Um, and then as well, looking at the, the small cap 600, um, reversing up from 50% up to 58% as well. Um, so it is um, good to see, I guess, increased participation across the board coming from areas maybe outside of those, those spaces that have kind of led the way out of this market rally that you're seeing some of these other areas continue to, to, to bring the broader market up higher um, may potentially lead to the reversal higher there for the, the broader uh, indicators such as that BP and YSE here sometime in the future. Yeah, you know, it's a, and, and that is a, a positive sign. I mean, small caps have, have really lagged. You look at the IWM, which is the iShares Russell 2000 ETF, and even year to date, even with the recovery that it's seen off of the lows, it's still down 14% on the year through yesterday, through the 14th. And the S&P 500 is, is down less than 1% through yesterday, you know, with today's action, if gains hold will uh, likely turn positive on the year. Um, and, but but the, the, the sign of, of small caps beginning to participate, it, it's not that we've seen small caps move into a leadership position and overtaking things like large cap growth, although small cap growth um, within the small caps has been a leadership trend there. Um, but the fact that small cap stocks in general across the board are participating and seeing positive breakouts like we're seeing on the chart here of IWM is, is certainly a positive sign. It's an encouraging sign. Um, IWM moving back to a buy signal at 146 after holding support in the 134 to 138 area. Um, 
so again, you know, not not that small caps have come back into leadership position, um, but but certainly a positive sign um, as you know small caps are are doing you know very very well today um, in their returns and you know IWM IJR a number of ETF number of small cap based ETFs out there um, that are showing positive breakouts within positive trends um, and so certainly um, it's something good to see and, and obviously you're seeing um, a, a sign of evidence of um, the small cap participation that is uh, that is taking shape in the market. Again, when you when you drill down and you, you look at you know your small cap space, and you look across kind of the the styles, um, small cap growth is is an area. If you, if you're looking for small cap exposure, um, small cap growth uh, is is where we would be um, leaning towards as the leadership area within the small caps uh, versus. Uh, value. So if you're if you're looking for small cap exposure, if you're underweight in that area, um, small cap growth uh, would be the the dominant uh, area of small caps right now to to consider. Certainly, and and then there are um, and I mean in addition to like you said the, the large cap focus that we see and some of the other areas showing improvement here being a positive sign. There are some some areas as well outside of the domestic equity space that are showing some, some continued continued improvement, especially over the last week or so here, um, specifically looking at the chart of EEM, um, the broader iShares Emerging Markets ETF there. Um, you, can, you can see on that chart that that fund has given uh, four consecutive buy signals since moving off its near-term low there at 3050. Um, and uh, really, uh, in large part, on, on the backs of a lot of the improvement or strength that we've seen from China. Um, China now making up over a third, almost 40% there, of most broad emerging market indices has really pulled the emerging market space as a whole um, at, uh, quite significantly higher there, especially over the past couple of weeks. Um, looking at the fund score of EEM, you can see that that score improved off some of the backs of the, um, the major improvement we saw in China at the beginning of last week. Um, saw a major score improvement across a lot of the Chinese equity funds and then some major score improvement on the backs of the um, a lot of the emerging markets funds as well, moving from a score of around 3.6 on July 8th to a score of around 4.6 on July 9th. So almost a, a full score, point, a full point score improvement there in, in just one day is certainly uh, certainly not something you see necessarily each and every day. Um, and, and we've seen that carried over on some of the broader funds as well. And looking at EEM, um, the, the broader emerging market space has continued to show improvement through a lot of our relative comparisons, such as those that we have on the asset class group scores page. Um, and looking at the non-US view on that page, you can sort all of the ETFs or mutual funds that are going to be within each respective regional or country breakdown that we have on the page. And obviously, China is going to be the top scoring group out of that breakdown with an average score of 4.99 through trading there on Tuesday. Score briefly ticked up above the 5.0 level in the past week and then ticked right down beneath it there and with, with movement there yesterday, but still hanging around that 5.0 level. It's a, the first international equity related group to move back above 5.0 since the drawdown there began for the um, international space there in February. Um, so definitely a, a, the place of continued strength and it's maintained that strength um, throughout much of the rally that we've seen for, for global equity markets. Um, but you look at the other broader emerging markets group, your um, all emerging markets equity group, your emerging markets diversified group, those are areas that have typically lagged some of these broader the, or these more focused country or regional groups, but we're, they're definitely showing pretty significant improvement here as well. Sorting the non-US page by that direction, 
um, shows you that the emerging markets diversified group is and emerging markets equity are the second and third highest score directions out of any of those nine U.S. areas. So it's definitely good to see that further follow through into the broader space. Um, and you get some further insight if you look at the score history of those groups, looking at the score history of the all emerging markets equity group um, has, has sitting up there at an average for 3.59 through trading on Tuesday. Um, and it's shown some difficulty over the past few years to kind of break out of this 3.5 to 3.6 range um, it, since really the, um, the, the mid-2018 timeframe when it began to decline from there. So um, it'll be interesting to see moving forward from here if the group is finally given the, the vast score improvement, that positive score direction that we've seen, if it's able to move past those. Um, it'll definitely be a place to, to continue to keep an eye on here um, at, at, as we head, head, uh, head down the rest of the summer here, Jeff. Yeah, that will be that will be interesting to watch, and it's, you know it's interesting. You, you you can look at that and see you know really how how strong emerging markets were in the early part of the 2000s, where you were seeing you know very regularly scores in the fives and the, and the high fives, and and the, you know that decade of of the 2000 to 2010 time period um, was a very important time period for international equities. Very important time period. Um, uh, to have allocation to international, especially emerging markets. And, you know, the past 10 years it has kind of been the opposite story where you, you've seen some, you know, fits and starts out of international and emerging markets, but you haven't really seen much uh, in the way of, of uh, sustainable trends there. So uh, it will be interesting to see if, if um, we can see those scores tick up into the fours and, and four, four, you know, and, and fives from here. So, uh, but, you know, certainly positive, positive signs coming out of the international markets there. Um, you know, one last thing that that, that I mentioned, and Ian, I, I think I mentioned this to you earlier, and this was prior to the the news that came out of Moderna, um, which now I think takes the cake for the, the most positive news that that we've heard this week um, out out there is is that there is a path, um, at least, or, or some positive signs for a vaccine for for COVID nineteen. The the uh, second po most positive news in my book um, came out came out of the auto industry. And it wasn't from Tesla, it was from Ford. And um, for, for those of you who follow Ford, you know, for, for the first time in 25 years, they are now going to bring back the Ford Bronco. And um, so that's, that's something that's uh, near and dear to my heart as, as my, uh, my grandparents uh, owned Ford dealership as I was growing up. So I was always around the Ford dealership. And, you know, I just, I happened to look back, I'm thinking, geez, Ford stock price is down now at $6 a share. Where was it 25 years ago? Well, it was almost twice where it was today. If you look at the chart of Ford and expand it, um, you know, the, the, so, so maybe, maybe this is the, the catalyst to help resurrect uh, Ford share prices again. But it's, uh, you know, a little left to, left to be desired uh, as it stands right now on the chart of Ford. Um, Long-term trend is still negative, has given a near-term buy signal off the bottom, but um, still has a little bit of work to do from here to get back into a positive trend up, up around $9 would would uh, would put that chart back into a positive trend, but uh, exciting exciting nonetheless to see uh, a, a classic in the auto industry uh, be resurrected. And uh, if you haven't seen pictures of it, if you're a fan of the Bronco, uh, I would uh, I would encourage you to to take a look. And um, if you're so inclined, I think they're taking pre-orders for the vehicle. So uh, Ian, you can you can get in line. <laughs> I'll have, to, I'll have to get behind you there in line. I think uh, a lot of people seem to, be, seem to be following your 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 lead there on the on the backs of the Bronco with Ford up about over five and a half percent today. So be interesting to see where well, that moves from here. There you go. 
Well, that sounds good. Uh, Ian, always, always enjoy the conversation. Uh, as always, we appreciate everybody taking time out of their day to listen, to see what we have to say, to listen to the markets. And, you know, as always, we endeavor to try um, and bring timely information uh, right to you via these podcasts, as well as um, through our subscription service, such as our daily equity report and weekly videos. If there's anything that we can do, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, uh, otherwise, thank you again for listening and look forward to be on with you next week.